All discussion during the Invest Wisely program is intended for informational and educational purposes. It is not an offer to buy or sell or solicitation of an offer to buy or sell any security or instrument or to participate in any particular trading strategy. We do not offer tax, accounting, or legal advice. Consult your tax or legal advisor before making any decision that could affect your tax or legal situation. All investing involves risk, including the possible loss of principal. You should carefully consider investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of any investment before investing. Diversification and asset allocation do not guarantee a profit or guarantee against loss. Securities and investment advisory services are offered by Robert W. Baird & Company, Incorporated, a registered broker, dealer, and investment advisor, member NYSE, FINRA, and SIPC. And welcome once again to Invest Wisely. Our expert on the investing in the stock market is Walt Sukira, who is the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors at the Fairlawn West office of the R.W. Baird Company here in town at 3560 West Market Street in Fairlawn for the next half hour. We talk about the stock market again in this challenging year of 2020. If you have any questions for Walt about how to invest, about how he invests his clients' money in portfolios of individually owned stocks in the market, give us a call at 330-673-1234. That's out of Akron. You can call us toll-free, 800-669-4100. That includes on WNIR. Dot com. Well, Walt, again, another uncertain week on Wall Street, going up and down with the, uh, I guess the emotions of the entire country is one day we're optimistic, the next day we're not so optimistic, and that's kind of reflected in what happened on Wall Street. So give us the summation of last week's activities. Absolutely, Bob. Yeah, this week was really driven uh, a lot by big tech. Again, you know, we saw a lot of these big tech uh, companies move up towards their highs. Um, also, some recovery in consumer discretionary stocks did really well last week. Um, the new category of communication services, which obviously includes things like Facebook and Twitter and things of that nature. Um, and, and as I said, you know, tech. So really, that's we're still betting on this changing uh, world. And I think the confidence is lying in these companies that, you know, have the momentum and, and have the strong balance sheets and a lot of cash flows. So the Dow Jones for the week closed up 247 points. Uh, we closed at 26,075. Uh, year to date, we're still off about 8.6% in the Dow. Uh, the NASDAQ had a good week. And again, it's that really shows the power of those technology stocks and biotech stocks. Uh, that led the market. The, the Nasdaq was up 409 points for the week, closed at uh, uh, 10,617, um, up 18% for the year. So again, 18.3% on the Nasdaq. Uh, the S&P, which is the measure that most people use, the S&P 500 index, especially in our business, uh, was up 55 uh, points for the week, uh, 3,185.04, uh, still off 1.4% year to date. So still a pretty tough year overall. Um, we see interest rates, again, are going to stay low. Um, you know, we look at the U.S. Treasury as kind of just a proxy for those rates. Um, you know, the U.S. Treasuries are those risk-free rates. So we see the two-year at 0.16, the five-year at 0.3%, uh, the 10-year at 0.63%, and the 30-year at 1.33%. Again, we don't really expect interest rates to go anywhere. You know, the Fed's kind of tipped its hat and said that, yeah, they're going to be fairly accommodative, and you know, with the economy, with all the uncertainty there, it doesn't seem like you know the Fed will will do much. Uh, inflation seems to be in check. Uh, pr uh, producer price index was reported last week, showed a little bit of a decline, so 
no real signs of inflation yet, so that really bodes well for lower rates. And then, you know, just big picture stuff, Bob. I mean, a lot, a lot of things, uh, a lot of data to look at. Um, you know, again, everybody's paying attention to the coronavirus and, you know, the impact on different states and industries. Um, and, you know, I even personally, you know, I saw the, the Browns announced, the Cleveland Browns announced that, you know, they're going to reduce the capacity of the stadium pretty significantly. They're offering refunds for most season ticket holders. Um, I think they're only anticipating about 14,000 uh, fans being let into the stadium. Um, so as we talked about those kinds of things, you know, the the football season, the entertainment, um, travel, all those things still to be seen pretty much up in the air and still a lot of caution and um, you know, it's just not going to be the same as we look out through the balance of the year. And then the other big thing we have coming up in November is that presidential election, which we know is going to be really ugly. Uh, it's going to divide our country quite a bit. I Probably one of the most uh, heated elections that we're warming up to. And uh, it's going to be tough, you know. So we got we got a lot of things out there, big picture-wise, to pay attention to as we head into the balance of the year. And as you looked again over the last uh, week in the research and data that crosses your desk, uh, what other uh, items might have caught your attention? Yeah, Bob, you know, we got a lot of data that comes across my desk. You know, I do a tremendous amount of research. We we have some great uh, in, intelligence that comes through our office here. You know, Robert W. Barrett, our company, has incredible uh, intellectual inte- intelligence and capital that they provide to us, and we buy a lot of research. And so we see, see things like, you know, some things that caught my eye, you know, United Airlines warned about 36,000 employees, um, over 2,000 pilots, that, you know, if they don't see some improvement, there could be, you know, continued layoffs um, and changes. Uh, So that's, you know, again, supports that theme that things are still tough. Uh, Warren Buffett finally made a move at Berkshire. He put about $9.7 billion into buying some resources from Dominion. Um, He's betting on fossil fuel still. Uh, Some of these were transmission and storage assets for gas and uh he last year he made a big acquisition uh supporting the 10 billion dollar takeover accidental uh, uh, petroleum over Andarco. Uh so again he continues to believe in fossil fuels and I think that's interesting. Uh we saw Brooks Brothers, you know, founded in 1918 filed bankruptcy. Um Brooks Brothers obviously was a leader in you know, really kind of uh, that business apparel. So, again, a lot of changes were going on anyway. A lot of business casual and suits are really kind of things that are, are dying out in the business world, and I think that led to some of uh, Brooks Brothers' decline. But, again, the retail environment's still tough. We we see New Yorkers fleeing apartments. Uh, uh, the listings in New York apartments are highest ever. So if anybody out there ever wanted to have an apartment in New York City, now's the time to look. And, uh Another interesting thing we saw is uh, some research that showed that Instagram is catching up with Twitter as far as uh, a reliable news source, people looking for <laughs> Instagram for news. Uh, so, again, it just shows the world we're living in. You know, a lot of people are getting their news from these social media outlets and uh, uh, continues the debate around, you know, the responsibility of, of what goes on those networks because a lot of people believe it and a lot of people, uh, you know, make opinions and judgments based on what they're seeing on those platforms. Talking to Walt Sakira on Invest Wisely. He's the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors. We're talking about the stock market, how they invest their clients' money. And if you want to have questions about yourself, about your own investments, about, about the market today, you can give us a call right now, 330-673-1234, and talk to Walt here on the advice line. Uh, of course, as we began 2020, we had every uh, expectation that it was going to be another uh, blockbuster year. We didn't see anything at all coming our way like the coronavirus. And it's taken them now since March to finally get 
give a a uh, nifty name to uh, <laughs> to this uh, economic upheaval caused by the coronavirus. And I chuckle because the name kind of reminds me of an episode of the Big Bang Theory. They're now calling it the coronavirus contraction. Right. And uh, and that's that's very true. So, uh, and again, it's very unique in uh, in our history. Uh, you know, well, how is the coronavirus coronavirus contraction? unlike any of our past uh, recessions recently? Well, I think the biggest one, Bob, is in, in uh, employment. You know, if you, th- if you think of our economy, you know, we have a consumer-driven economy, and, and, you know, 70% of our economy is driven by consumers. And obviously the number one thing that is going to, you know, impact a consumer's decision to purchase is their job. You know, it's income, if you, if you have income. So I think what's interesting about this, uh, you know, this contraction is that, if you look at past recessions, you know, there's a number of factors when you go into a downturn. You know, there's just what companies have to do through layoffs and furloughs. Um, there's an m- amount of attrition that happens naturally and, and how companies look at bringing people back. Uh, reduced hiring, you know, they can put freeze on hiring. And, and, and flat-out firings, you know, when people aren't doing well, this is a good time to kind of clean house. Um, so this this was a little different, you know. When you look at the job numbers and you see what's going on, you know, it's it really was one of mass layoffs. I mean, that's really what is attributed to you know most of this, uh, you know, the the unemployment rate and and the changes. Uh, there's still actually a pretty good amount of job openings out there, and and they really have the job openings haven't fallen as quickly. I mean, even though companies may be delaying the hiring, it seems like there's still going to be you know a lot of optimism as far as bringing people back to the workplace. So. I, I think that's been the biggest difference, and obviously the the government kind of putting a floor underneath it, and you know the payroll protection type of act that they put in there, and the, you know providing support for companies to keep people on payrolls, um, it, you know was a big act that we didn't have in the past two recessions. So I, I think that's the difference, and it's it's held consumers in a place that they feel they can still spend, and they have some confidence they'll be back to work and. You know, as we head into the balance of the year next year, that's what we're going to have to pay attention to, you know, if some of those things change. So when we see data like the United Airlines workers getting notice, that's concern because, again, that's going to take away some of that hope that people had uh, about returning to that normal that we talk about. Yeah, again, it was not a, it's not a contraction caused by regular economic pressures. Usually a recession is caused by a drop-off of uh, consumer demand. Consumer demand is high. This is more like a, almost like more like a wartime type of recession because in effect we've been invaded by by an enemy and now we're having to hunker down and and uh, do all these different things to try to fight this enemy that are against artificially in a way impacting the economy. It's a real impaction. It's not a joke, but it's not because of economic uh, uh, cycles. It's something that like again like a, like a war that came out of left field and uh, until we deal with it and in essence come to the end of the war, we'll be dealing with this kind of an economy. Yeah, Bob, that's a great analogy. And, and honestly, if you think about a wartime effort, you know, what happens is you need government intervention and government to step up and help. And that's exactly what happened. You know, they really kind of fought this uh, war against the coronavirus by stepping up and, you know, creating an incredible amount of monetary stimulus and fiscal stimulus to support the system and keep people's confidence, uh, you know, that things will be okay. And, and again, we, we hope they will. And we got to pay attention to the data to make sure that that, that is the reality of what we see as we move into the second half of the year and into 2021. 
Well, let us move into our stock talk segment here on Invest Wisely with Walt Secure of Akron Wealth Advisors, a time that you can again call us up and ask Walt about any particular stock that uh, you may be uh, holding or interested in buying, may want to be selling at this point, uh, or just to kind of kind of curious about that particular company and if Walt invests in it or what he thinks about it. 330-673-1234-800-669-4100, including on WNR.com to Dr. Walt here on Invest Wisely. We have a call waiting, so let's go right to it. Uh, Good morning. You're on WNIR. Morning. I wondered, I looked in Barron's uh, today and it showed Bristol Myers Squibb uh, didn't show a dividend. Did you hear anything about the, them suspending uh, or reducing the dividend of Bristol Myers Squibb? Oh, I did not hear anything about them suspending the dividend um, on the research that I was looking at last week, but I'll definitely pay attention to that as we go into this week. But you know, it seemed like Bristol Myers was doing fine and. Uh, you know, had the resources to pay the dividends. So maybe it was a typographical error, but they, it wasn't. It wasn't in the stock listing. It was zero. So okay. I, yeah, I don't see it. Just missed something. Yeah, just looking quickly at what I can pull up faster. I don't see any. It'd be kind of top headline news here. I don't see that here. So I, I think the dividends there in, in intact. Okay. Thank you. Sure. Thank you for calling. Let's take another call now for Walt Secure of Akron Wealth Advisors at three three zero six seven three one two three four. You're on the air. Go ahead, please. Yes, I'd like to know what uh, what's the story here with uh, Dominion e- East Ohio that where Berkshire Hathaway uh, has bought it, and uh, what will be the price we get for the stock? Yeah, um, again, Berkshire made a deal with Dominion to buy assets, um, so they they're buying specific assets relating to transmission. And um, you know the actual uh, storage of assets. So I think in an asset sale, um, you know the the company itself shouldn't be affected. Um, there will be cash that will come into the company, which will help them with other operations. Um, so again, I think that purchase by um, you know by Berkshire was more of an asset type of purchase. Okay, thank you. Sure. Thank you for calling. 330-673-1234. We're talking stocks and the economy with Walt Secura of Akron Wealth Advisors. Now, what Akron Wealth Advisors does with their clients is that they sit down with them and they invest their portfolios into uh, portfolios that they have plus additional stocks that are individually owned by the client. We're not talking about investing in mutual funds or or bond funds. We're talking about directly owning stocks. Uh, Many of them are in the major portfolios that Akron Wealth Advisors has created. But again, each each individual investor has their own uh, choice, their own suggestions that they're given to invest their money in individual stocks, which uh, many people still believe is the best way to make money uh, in the market. If you'd like to find more information about how Akron Wealth Advisors works and, of course, tap into the tremendous uh, database and knowledge base of the R.W. Baird Company, give them a call at their Akron office. Talk to Walt and his team at 234-466-7476. 4667476 but again talk to him right now at 3306731234 science stocks of course anything related to uh, covid-19 potential treatments or cures it seems to be uh, getting great interest on the market uh, one of those stocks uh, gilead sciences uh, again uh, seemed to give us some good news last week about uh, their research what did gilead talk about yeah, Bob, um, Gilead provided a little bit of a floor for the market last week, a little bit of hope. Um, Remdesivir, uh, which is a therapy that they already had in place, um, was showing some significant improvement in the recovery rates and reduction in mortality rates um, in, in some of the trials that they've been doing. 
Um, Australia formally approved the treatment as a first option uh, from, for patients suffering from severe cases of, of the virus. And we've seen other countries approve remdesivir as well, um, Japan, Taiwan, India, Singapore. Uh, the United States is using it currently on an emergency basis, but there is the idea that this will uh, you know, be approved in the U.S. and, and act as a bridge uh, for potential um, until we get the vaccine later, you know, later in this year or 2021. So, um, you know, for, for Gilead, that's good news. And I, I think it's just good news for the market. You know, there's a lot of hope here that we find uh, you know, treatments or or that vaccine. Treatments help as well. So, and and I think Gilead showed uh, some promise with their remdesivir. Uh, another area, and this is something that again, cruise lines. I think anybody who is in the cruise stocks is extraordinarily brave or stubborn. I mean, the first cruise got rammed a couple of years ago with with infections of their own that were spreading through the cruise ships that caused the drop off. And of course, now that we have the COVID nineteen, uh, the cruise industry is essentially. Halted. Uh, he even told me that there's not even enough dock space to uh, park the big ocean liners that aren't uh, uh, sailing anymore because no one wants to take a cruise. Uh, Carnival Cruise Lines, though, uh, came out last night and actually had something positive to say about this, and I wonder what that is. <laughs> well, they're they're seeing bookings, um, you know, Bob. So people aren't giving up hope. Again, you know, the, the bookings in June uh, were up sixty percent for the 2021 time period. Uh, so even though people might have given up on getting on a cruise ship this year, they're not giving up on getting on next year. And uh, Carnival recently raised uh, ten billion dollars through a series of financing transactions to you know kind of stem the the tough time that they're going through here. And uh, they've transitioned a lot of their ships, as you talked about, into a pause status. They're kind of just floating out in the oceans and uh, sitting in in areas where you know they can protect them, hopefully. Uh, the, the, you know, Carnival has uh, gotten hammered this year, obviously. The stock off almost 68%. It's at $16 a share. And, again, you know, there's that belief that, you know, sometimes when everybody hates something, it, it's not a bad time to look at it. But you're right, there, there's a lot of risk here, and it does take a little bit of courage uh, to enter, you know, the cruise line industry uh, stocks if, if you don't own them at the current time. Now, the opposite end of the spectrum, as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, tech stocks. Uh, it's going uh, going crazy, so to speak. Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Netflix, Facebook, Google—they're all nearing record highs in their in their stock prices. Does that concern you as an investor that they're becoming overvalued? Uh, it does, Bob. You know, you got to watch valuation, and these stocks are all priced for perfection. Um, let's just look at the top um, five here. You know, the the biggest. I mean, Apple. Um, you know, which hit a high this week. Uh, Microsoft hit a high this week. Amazon hit a high this week. Uh, Google hit a high this week. Facebook hit a high this week. And all those uh, companies are, you know, over. Uh, Facebook is seven, almost seven hundred billion dollars in market cap. Apple is at one point six trillion in market cap. I mean, these are incredible valuations. Uh, you look at their relative like PE ratios, and you see, you know. Uh, 30 times, uh, you know, earnings for Apple, 34 times uh, forward earnings for Microsoft, uh, 159 times earnings for for Microsoft, for Amazon. Uh, so they're they're all priced for perfection, and the bar's set pretty high. So you know, you really have to pay attention to valuations here. Um, even though we really like these companies, you know, we we a big part of our philosophy is you know not to get carried away and make sure we know uh, that we're paying paying a fair price and the value. Uh, is is in relation to that fair price. Now, of course, depending on when an uh, individual got into these stocks, is this a good time maybe to sell 
you know, maybe this is the time that, you know, maybe they were going to sell before the uh, coronavirus contraction. Now they've kind of regained their momentum. Would this be a good time to sell those stocks? Well, again, Bob, there's philosophy and belief out there, just like I said about the cruise lines, when everybody hates something. When everybody loves something, that ten, tends to be a good time to pair back. And, uh, it, you know, you don't have to sell the whole positions. I mean, it, may, it might be a point in time to pair back a little bit, make some sense, and that's definitely something we're thinking about every day here uh, in, in our office. And, of course, we use the term, again, uh, valuation versus stock price. Uh, for the folks who are, once more, just kind of joining our conversation about the market and how it works, what is the difference between a stock price and its valuation? Yeah, stock price, Bob, re- really relates to market value. It, it, it's just the price of what people are willing to pay for, for a stock. Uh, valuation is deeper. You know, valuation is you have to look at things like we just talked about, you know, metrics like price-to-earnings ratio or price-to-cash flow, price-to-sales. Um, you have to understand the, the, the metrics of a company. Um, and then there's even a, a more advanced type of valuation where you look at cash flows, where you dive in and you do an intrinsic valuation of the company based on the cash flows of that company. So there's, there's a difference between relative valuation and intrinsic valuation. And you, you have to know how to do those measures and make sure that the stock price, that there's still value um, for the stock price that you're paying. And, of course, to talk about valuation, as we just mentioned, kind of leads into the idea of, a, of a when to hold or when to sell a stock. You know, in the past, we've talked about how an average investor uh, is kind of not looking at it as a professional and uh, can make some mistakes if they don't have the right sell discipline. So tell us about what your sell discipline is. Yeah, but I think this is what separates um, a professional investor from an average investor. Anybody can buy a stock. You know, I always tell people it's easy to buy. It's hard to know when to sell. And, you know, because it becomes emotional for a lot of people. It's not emotional for me at all. I mean, I think with the self-discipline, number one, our general philosophy is just, you know, we invest in financially uh, powerful companies and attractively priced companies, and when they're not, we sell them. So there's two components, uh, financial power and attractive valuation. So uh, financial power is all those things we talk about, you know, margins and revenue growth and profitability and, uh, you know, the ability to drive into new markets and, and show promise. Uh, you, you know, as far as valuation, it's it, again, there's intrinsic and relative we talked about. So for us, our solid discipline is simple. We look for breakdowns in the story, any fundamental change that would make us believe the story isn't as attractive as it is before. Uh, we look at excessive valuation, so we're constantly looking at the relative valuation measures as well as running cash flow valuations on these companies and, and understanding the true uh, you know, dynamics and financial uh, realities and economics of these companies. And, and we put that into a framework that makes it uh, easy for us to make decisions and not become emotional and decide when to buy and when to sell. And uh, we're always looking for better ideas. And, and really the number one reason we sell something, Bob, is we found something better we really like uh, a lot better. Uh, so you have to be doing both sides of the equation. And you know, it's a relative type of game. You know, you look at it and say, well, I, I own this one, and this is the relative upside, but I see this one, and I like it a lot, and here's the relative upside. And when that equation falls in line, you, you make the trade and you make the change. Uh, so, I, you know, I really advise people to really, you know, dive in and truly understand, you know, a little bit more about valuation and a little bit more about why they own, you know, the, the things they own and why they hold the things they own and, and why they would buy something new if they do. What are some of the typical mistakes an average investor makes when it comes to selling a stock? 
Well, I think a big one, Bob, is they um, they sell way too soon. They take easy profits. Um, some people sell way too late. They take big losses. Um, they don't pay attention to those fundamental changes, and a lot of times they get caught up in groupthink and they listen to other people without thinking for themselves. So, um, you know, all, all mistakes that we see over and over and over again and mistakes we definitely try to avoid. You talk about a couple of stories. Uh, the one is called the red dress story as it relates to selling. What is the red dress story? Well, I think this is a perfect example of sometimes why people sell too early. Um, uh, you know, Bob, if you and I owned a retail dress store and we owned a bunch of red dresses and yellow dresses, um, you know, and all the yellow dresses were on the shelves and all the red dresses were selling, it would be a pretty easy decision. You know, you'd turn to me and say, well, we need to put these yellow dresses on sale and we need to buy more red dresses. And, and But in, in stock portfolios, a lot of times people don't do that. You know, they don't want to put more money into their red dresses. They don't want to put more money into the stocks that are going up. They they want to hold on to those things that are, you know, haven't moved. They feel that there's valuation there and opportunity to go up. But a lot of times the market tells you when you're right or wrong. And sometimes you got to follow the red dresses. You know, you gotta you got to see what the market's telling you. And sometimes it's telling you when you're right. And sometimes it's telling you when you're wrong. You also tell your clients not to count turkeys. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think of the big box trap, right? When you set the big box with the stick and the and the the string coming off of it, you know, and and a bunch of turkeys walk under it, and and you know, if you pull the stick, you catch all the turkeys. And what happens to a lot of investors, you know, it's it's the same thing with stocks. You know, they you sit there and ten turkeys walk in, and you didn't pull the stick, and all of a sudden three walk out, and you say, well, I had ten, and then three more walk out, and you said, well, I had seven. And then, you know, a couple more walk out, and before you know it, they all walk out. And I think that's what happens with stocks, too, is that, you know, people watch stocks go down in price, and they're not, they're not willing to sell when they should. Um, you know, they watch a stock go from 120 down to 100, down to 90, down to 80, and they're counting turkeys. You know, they're really hoping that that stock goes back up to where it fell. But, again, the market's probably telling you something when something's falling, and uh, you got to look at the fundamentals and the valuation, and sometimes uh, quit counting turkeys and pull that, tra- pull that uh, rope. Again, our expert is Walt Secura, who's managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors, uh, part of the R.W. Baird Financial Planning and Investment Group. R.W. Baird provides them resources with financial planning, retirement planning, estate plan reviews, uh, tax reviews. They can give you advice on uh, on uh, those RMD and stretch IRA calculations, Roth conversions, uh, Social Security analyses, stock options analyses, transaction tax analyses. And that uh, brings us to another point. Uh, July 15th is coming up this winter. Wednesday, and in case anybody forgot, because it seems to be so long, it is now, that is the deadline to uh, file your taxes and to pay any taxes that you owed from last year, and of course to make your your first and second quarter estimated payments. Uh, this was all, again, a, a delay that was granted when the uh, COVID-19 uh, virus hit, and uh, hopefully a lot of people have uh, maybe done this before now. Uh, now, if you do have an extension, I, my, I understand this common knowledge is that you don't have to file the tax form until October 15th, but you still have to pay a good faith estimate of what you think you owe in addition to what you think your estimated tax might be. So that is all that's due on July 15th. So for a lot of folks, that uh, July 15th envelope to the IRS is going to be pretty fat. <laughs> that's for sure. Yeah, Bob, I mean, we've, we've been working with a lot of our tax advisors, uh, the accountants around the area that, uh, you know, do work for people. And you're, what you're saying is exactly right. You know, don't forget to file or file that extension. Make sure you pay in what you owe. Get those estimated payments in. Uh, don't forget that you can still make a contribution to an IRA. I mean, since uh, they got that uh, deadline got pushed back, 
Uh, you have till July 15th to make that IRA contribution, um, which I think some people might, you know, not think that that's there anymore. And um, and remember, it's going to take a while to get a refund. If you got one, it might take a while. The government's way behind, and they're dealing with the COVID too. So uh, just a little bit of patience, probably on while waiting for any refund that you might get. Again, it can work with a professional tax uh, uh, person. Uh, they uh, file your returns, returns electronically, and that helps uh, the refund process move along a little bit faster. But again, that is a big date now, July 15th, and uh, that's something that you might want to get more information about. You can always call uh, Walt Secure. And again, with their resources with R.W. Baird, they can put you in touch with the right people here in Akron at 234-466-7476. So yet another week is ahead of us. Uh, once more, what do you see happening this week that um, will be impacting the market? Well, Bob, it's hard to believe, but we're heading into another earnings season. Um, you know, we got a lot of earnings reports coming out this week. A lot of the big banks like uh, Goldman Sachs and PNC, um, uh, U.S. Bank Corp, uh, Schwab, Bank of America. Uh, so, it, we, you know, earnings season kicks off. We're going to have a lot of companies reporting. Uh, we're going to see uh, inflation again this week and uh, some housing numbers. So we'll pay attention to all of that. Again, Walt Secura, the managing partner of Akron Wealth Advisors. They invest their clients' money into individually owned stock portfolios. To find out more about their portfolios and their services, call them in Akron at 234-466-7476 and tell Walt that you heard him here on WNIR Kent Akron, 234-466-7476. Walt, have a good week. You too, Bob. During today's broadcast, the following individual stocks were mentioned and discussed. Amazon.com, symbol AMZN. Apple Inc., symbol AAPL. Bristol Myers Squibb Company, symbol BMY. Carnival Corp., symbol CCL. Dominion Resources, symbol D. Facebook Inc., symbol FB. Gilead Sciences Inc., symbol GILD. Alphabet Inc., symbol GOOGL. Microsoft Corporation, symbol MSFT. Occidental Petroleum Corporation, symbol OXY. Twitter, symbol TWTR. United Continental Holdings, Inc., symbol UAL. Please note that Robert W. Baird and Company Incorporated makes a market in all of the securities of these companies discussed during today's broadcast.